Hello and welcome to the Blueprint Podcast powered by eFuse. The Blueprint creates content around the do's and don'ts of collegiate and scholastic esports while keeping our audience informed in the facts of the space. We aim to give people in the ecosystem a platform to air out misconceptions, call out bad practices, or just have a soapbox to stand on and discuss whatever is important to them. I am your host, Andy Mendez, and with me today is my wonderful co-host, Michael Viesnes, and two special guests for the very first time, Shay Williams and Chris, Chris excuse me, Sabowski. Welcome to the Blueprint. Fumbled it at the end of there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for taking the time today for being with us. Uh, how are you today? We have Chris and, like I said, Shay with us today. How are you two doing today? Uh, we're, I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. doing well. Holiday season coming around the corner. This episode should release right before the holidays, so nice. this will be a special little holiday episode for us. Yeah, the busy, busy season. Coming oh, here. very busy. I, I would argue that every season is a busy season, with, especially in esports. But if that, this season is particularly busy for you, then that's great. Mike, how are you? You know, I'm doing good, and uh, it's it's great that I heard our intro. But our guests, our guests can never hear it. You know, we got it worked oh, out. True. It, it's it's inspiring. <laughs> it's, it's it's hype fueling. Um, but no, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, out traveling this week, so I do apologize to the listeners at home um, if the mic quality on my side isn't that great. But at the end of the day, you still have the best mic, uh, which is me. Um, and that was my best attempt. At wow, joke. that was great. That's a, that a good one. <laughs> but uh, Chris and Shay, it's, like Andy said, it's a pleasure to have both of you on. Um, and what I would kind of like to do is just jump right into the thick of it today and just have you guys explain to the listeners at home uh, what COPE is and what COPE means. Because I could go on about it. But I think the two founders, the co-founder and the, and the founder, should go ahead and explain it. Um, so I just want to pass the ball to both of you and see which one of you just wants to lead it. And this is Shay. I'll start off here. So uh, just a little bit about the origin story of COPE. Um, COPE is Coalition of Parents in Esports. And how we got here is because of the passions of our kids, respectively. Um, we just saw that... We came here because our kids started playing video games and they started playing them competitively. And at first we were like any other parent of wondering, okay, what the heck is this? But it was one of those things where we, when we started paying attention, we realized there was a lot more to it and they were getting a ton out of it. In my case, you know, my kids grew up in a tech household. Games were part of everything. But, you know, my kids played sports too. And games were just kind of that cool down period. You know, it was later when my son got into competitive gaming that I realized that there was something different here. Okay. And uh, Chris, what, was it the same kind of the same origin for, for you? Was there anything, an outlier that you kind of picked up on? Was it the content creation that really got you hooked? Or was it your, your child's passion and just playing? It was much like Shay, it was my, my kid's passion for, for playing and, and just seeing how much fun he had in the space and seeing... Um, watching him develop into the person he is now was was always amazing for me to watch. Was amazing for me to see. Um, when he first got started out, he was he was thirteen. Um, he started streaming full time, head on. Um, and when his career kind of just blew up and took off, it was just kind of him and I figuring out our own path, carving our own path, figuring out what to do with ourselves and, and how we want to navigate the space here. And as we started going through and, and going to meet and greets and lands and TwitchCon and PAX, we had lots of parents, uh, lots of kids meeting, lining up to meet my kid and their parents lining up to meet me to ask me questions from the very basic, what is esports to you know, how do you manage his social life? How do you manage his schoolwork, his, his health and fitness? So once we got to uh, you know, the Fortnite World Cup, meeting all the other pro parents, um, in particular meeting Shay, we all had the same experiences, same issues coming up, and no real resources um, to, to, to relate to other people. It was always just kind of sh sharing with, with other parents our own experiences coming up through the scene. So we, we just decided, uh, you know, during the throes of COVID last year, one kid kind of tweeted out at uh, all the parents, was like, why do you support your kids, and how do I get my parents to support me? Mm -hmm. 
so that's when we all decided to uh you know just everybody jumped in um was answering you know giving them advice answering the question um one of the parents jokingly said we should form a coalition cope and uh you know shay kind of did some research that night and we just jumped all over it and ran with it you know i i love to hear that it, it's sometimes you you hear where something was created out of a sense of fear uh, not knowing enough, but it seems like this came out of a sense of just duty as parents um, and as a duty as well to other parents, which is very uh, nice to hear, refreshing to hear and unheard of um, to not just help out other parents, as you made mention with their children, understanding what esports is, uh, but it also sounded like to support other uh, other parents and their children as well um, going through uh, this this esports industry. Um, and Andy and I have had the pleasure throughout this long year, our first inaugural year uh, of the blueprint speaking with many people within the industry about the do's and don'ts both in scholastic and collegiate esports we've covered everything from scholarships to job opportunities to the interview process uh, but today is the first time to really go into what the parents uh, mindset is and so again just to put everything quickly back into that box it's a nice place that is coming for growth for both parent and child so my question here is how do you two view esports now as as beneficial to not only to your child but to other children that are looking to go into esports not just going pro but as the industry as a whole yeah that's the question we get a lot about this right now and, and you know when my son first started i only thought about it competitively because that's what okay. he was doing he was practicing you know and he was doing really well in tournaments, but that wasn't the part that intrigued me. Uh, we talk a lot about that when it started at World Cup. That was when the light bulb went off for me of watching my 14-year-old son interact with people, plan meetings. He, he had started his own Twitch channel. I was watching him run a business. I was watching him connect people around the world. He had designers that were in you know, for some of his artwork who were in Turkey, others who were in Serbia. And I'm watching my kid manage all of this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's he's actually getting business skills out of this as well. He's learning how to network. He's learning public speaking on his Twitch channel. And that was when I realized that there was a lot more to it. And of course he had been begging to focus on it, but I was like, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm not a homeschool parent. We don't have time for this. But when I finally jumped in with them, I was frustrated because there was nothing to tell me how to do it. And as a mm -hmm. parent, when you, you know, follow any other sport, you sign them up for a league, you, you know, you have coaches, you have other parents to communicate with. And I felt completely lost. There was nobody here to help me. And it was those other parents like Chris that I found at an event that I asked a million questions of. How did you do this? How do you manage a social life? And that's the thing. So many parents are afraid here right now because they just don't understand it. And that's what we really want to get out is the message that esports is much more than just a sport. It mm -hmm. is. It brings all those great things like building confidence, building teamwork, all that that any other sport does. But it also teaches a lot of really cool transferable business skills. So I actually think esports better than most sports. Yeah, okay. definitely. I'm going to have to agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, and, and Chris, from there, you know, I know we heard Shay's side. Is there anything else that you would like to add that you saw that your child was the building blocks that you saw them playing with and, and, and building upon? Well, just, just from the get-go, um, just, just like Shay's son, Dester, like watching my 13-year-old kid um, learn how to market himself and brand himself and work on creating a logo with his friends, um, he was running... Um, negotiating sponsorship deals mm -hmm. um, when I wasn't even aware of it, uh, which is, again, one of the reasons that COPE started to prevent people from negotiating uh, with minors sponsorship deals. Um, but yeah, he was, he was learning all these negotiation skills. He was learning how to market and brand himself. He was doing all this with him. It was just him and his friends doing it. Um, so as I, as I got more involved, um, you know, I, I started making him do a lot more on just on the business end of it um when we were going to you know he was learning about his finances he was learning about taxes which is something he's he's still learning about because uh that's that's always uh <laughs> always new stuff coming in with, with uh taxes in the irs mm -hmm. but um yeah he was he was learning how to talk to his lawyers he was learning how to negotiate his deals and, and going to team meetings and business meetings just seeing him do all this from the age of 13 on was was incredible um and i think a lot of uh 
a lot of parents are probably inhibiting their kids um, by not um, embracing esports and jumping in here with them. You know, a lot of parents are afraid of it, like Shay said, and the biggest inhibitor to parents getting on board is their fear of the unknown and their fear of, of what the space really is. But just talking to them and getting them to embrace it like any other sport and just being there for them is is truly the best way to get get in here. So to dive yeah. to dive in immediately, I actually just had a follow up question to what you said there. And either either Shay or Chris, either either one of you would be more than qualified to answer this. But if you have a parent here that's listening today that wants to take that first step in supporting their 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 child in um you know, taking that kind of maybe not a leap, but at least taking measured steps in order to support them. What is what is what should happen day one? Day one, you should listen to your kid. I mean, that that's what all of this is. It's just parenting one on one. We have not listened to them as much as on esports because the media has scared parents. They've told parents that they're bad. They've told, you know, if they let their kids game, they've said that all screen time is bad. So parents are just really worried because this it, they think that letting them game is a bad thing. So I think the first thing is really to listen to your kid. What games do they like to play? Why do they like to play them? Who are they playing with? And we talk about, you know, safety on the internet. You wouldn't let your kid go over and play at somebody's house without knowing what other kids were there. It's the same online, just knowing what their world is and really getting involved. So I think the first thing is really just to listen to them, find out what they want to do. Where do they want to go with this? I mean, yeah. most of the kids want to be a pro. I mean, everybody wants to do what Skeptic did, but that's the great thing about this. It's just like, you know, it's just like Little League Baseball. Even if you don't make it to the majors, so many of those benefits still resonate with kids here. Yeah, and you just, know, just expanding on that real quick, sorry about that. Um, like a lot, a lot of parents, that, that's our most, um, most asked question um, is how to get the start. Most parents are really kind of uh, strung up on, I need to be the one to teach my kid. I should be the, doing the teaching. But when I, when I look back on, you know, when I first got involved with my son, I really kind of just sat back and let him do the teaching. I think I learned more from him over these last three, four years um, than any other period of my life. Just, just watching him grow, watching him work and watching what he does um, and just listening to him. I, I, it, it really says a lot when you can sit down and listen to your kid and, and try and learn from them. Yeah. I, I like hearing that. I like listening to your, your child, letting them kind of speak to what their strengths are, what they would like to see and kind of having them map it out. Um, but I was out to dinner last night, and I, I listened to um, really my, the past generation and parents. Uh, these are grandparents as well um, that have had Thanksgiving dinners and they're getting ready for Christmas. And their big fear is during Thanksgiving, their children did not want to sit at the table. Um, they did not want to talk about anything other than, than video gaming. Um, it was difficult to kind of pry them away um, from the game itself. Um, and so the fear has now expounded or expanded um, into now these grandparents and, and these parents um, outside of listening to their child, you know, getting uh, a video game, the newest video game or buying skins in the game um, to completely go after something that the parent, or the grandparent perceives as best for the child. Um, so an example is this one child loves Fortnite, um, but during Thanksgiving dinner, it was really difficult to pull him um, away from playing. Um, though he was able to talk at the dinner table, uh, the child was more enthralled in playing games with his friends uh, during during that night. So the grandmother is looking at buying a telescope and not listening to the needs of the child. Um, so my question is to you, uh, to both of you today, is does this look as though the, the grandparent or the parent are very fearful? Or do you think that this is coming from a place of more gamer addiction? Um, and I would just like to have you know your insights uh, on this and how you would kind of traverse uh, this question and this situation. So I just think this is teenagers in general. I mean, no matter what generation it is, I mean, teenagers have always done that. I mean, of course, they're at that age where things with their friends, especially things that are exciting and interactive and make them think, are going to be more intriguing to them. But I think it's more about meeting kids where they're at. So if gaming is where they're at, go in and watch them play. Go join in. Get them to teach you how to play Fortnite. Get them to show you how to, you know, where they compete, how to watch them do a competition. There are so many things to engage with them. But it's just like anything else. 
plan time. You know, say, you know, we always just say it's about planning a schedule. When are you going to be playing as opposed to when you're not going to be playing? And and just plan that time out. But not, I think it's just that parents are so negative on gaming and so kids get frustrated. And I think we've got to quit being so negative about it because there are some very positive benefits. Okay. And, and so you're talking about planning time here, especially during a holiday season. And, you know, both of you uh, being parents and both of you tra traversing that landscape and your children able to be within this this esports industry. Um, but let's just say back to this hypothetical again, you know, you, you say you set out some time um, and now the child, you know, goes and plays video games right after Thanksgiving. Right. And though you guys agreed on, on that, there are some parents that get upset. That, you know, as soon as Thanksgiving dinner's done, you know, they sat with the, the in-laws, they, 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 they made nice with the aunts and the uncles and their cousins, but immediately go back to their room. Um, and, and some parents, again, you know, feel, the, feel that fear. Like, would, would you too be fearful if you saw your child immediately right after Thanksgiving dinner, you know, go and play games? Though you both agreed, would you kind of regret the decision of that planned time and letting them go back and kind of play with their games? My question for you is would you feel the same if your kid was going out to shoot some basketball with his friends? That's no. excellent. That's an excellent question, yeah. You wouldn't. You would be totally fine with that. You'd be fine with your kid going outside, hanging out with his friends. They're doing the same thing, but online. They're, they're engaging with their friends online, not just friends in the neighborhood, but friends from all over the world. Um, my, my son has friends from you know, England, from Canada. Duster works with somebody from Turkey. Um, but my, my kid gets together with all his friends during all the IRL events, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, they're planning the same things as well. Um, but yeah, it's, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be afraid to let your kid go hang out with his friends um, after dinner. You wouldn't be afraid or mad if they went and they you know, were out playing in the backyard. It's, again, it's, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the stigma that's out there that's been put out there by some of the mainstream media that gaming is bad gaming is an addiction um, and this is where you come in with like the hard-hitting questions right with addiction um yeah. but again you're not gonna you're not gonna get mad at your kid for being out there on the basketball court practicing for hours on end you're gonna be cheering them out you're gonna be telling them to get out there and practice your right. kid plays an instrument you're gonna make them practice right well, I don't really view gaming as an addiction. I see gaming as just something that kids love to do and kids are going to do what they want to, what they love over and over again. But this is where parents can get involved and really help their kids cuz like any sport, esports, you're not going to be great if you keep playing the same game over and over again. You've got to practice, you've got to vary your your what you're practicing, you've got to work on strategy, you have to work on skills. I experienced with my son when he, I felt he needed aim training. I actually got him Kovacs for Christmas one year, and he refused to use it because he didn't think he needed it. But when he finally did, he realized that, hey, maybe mom was right. Maybe I did need a little bit of training there. But I think parents can really help here because they need some structure. I mean, I think one of the things that parents worry about is they don't see a lot of structure here. There actually is because there are tournaments going on. There's lots of stuff they're building up for. But I think parents can come in and help just like they do with any other sport of creating practice times, making sure that the time for a tournament, you know, is devoted for their child. So, you know, it's important for parents to know when tournaments are coming up so they can devote that time for their kid to be ready for that. But I think it's, you know, everything benefits the more a parent is involved. I, I would absolutely agree. And, and, you know, part of what, you said there really resonated as myself. I used to be, I'm a former high school esports director. So I worked with a lot of students, especially in the teenage age range, um, you know, from 14 to 18, that are wanting to compete in high school for esports. And some of those students really have um, aspirations to go further. And a lot of the parents actually, you know, come with a little bit of a concern that the screen time, the video game playing, it's not productive. And it's, 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 it's a conversation that I've had to have with a lot of parents, and it's, it's almost the same conversation, right, over and over again. That's like, um, you know, what we're doing is not only in moderation, but it's also very productive. We're, we're providing an opportunity for your student to 
uh, have the high school sports experience, right? It's it's very similar to being on a high school team of any other kind because you learn to then work with people that you wouldn't have worked with previously. And what I also have to explain to people that it's not exclusive, right? Gaming is not exclusive at it by any means. Not only does it break down barriers as far as like who can be involved, but also many students are involved in many things, multiple different things at once. We've had anything from the captain of the football team on our varsity League of Legends team to a tennis uh, student coach that ended up playing for our Overwatch team as well. And so you have just such a wide variety of people on campus that want to play eSports. And, uh, you know, obviously their parents want to learn more. And I think I was pretty lucky within our, our school district, Naperville 203, uh, in Illinois, we really have a lot of supportive parents that I believe have definitely used COPE resources in the last year or so to kind of help understand uh, what what esports means and how it can transform lives, really. Yeah, absolutely. And to that end, there's a stat, a, a stat that keeps coming up over and over that I keep hearing. Um, and Shay, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's 75 or 80% of kids in high school and schools are left out of the traditional um sport uh traditional sports high school sports um and esports gives them that opportunity to get together whether it be through a club or whether it's through um an organized structured esports team um so like you said it, it's inclusive it's for everybody anybody who has that that passion even if they're just a casual gamer can can get involved and can be be part of it whereas not everybody's going to go out and join the high school football team or be on the basketball team. So, I, I completely agree. And, and in fact, uh, there's a specific student. His name is Steven. Um, he goes by Stevenator, which is why <laughs> we can call him Steven. Um, and he now goes to Aquinas College, uh, but previously he was a, a student of mine. He joined eSports when it opened at Naperville in his junior year of high school. And I remember him telling me that he had not join any other extracurriculars in the three years that he was in high school. Not one. So he would come to school, like a, it was like a job for him, right? He would come to school 7, 7.15 in the morning, leave 2.45-ish, whenever classes were done, and that was it for two and a half years, right? And, and now he has an opportunity to put, put on a jersey, represent our school, and, and have actually some, some school pride. Now he's come back and actually is also doing assistant coaching for the Naperville program. And it all kind of works in this ecosystem where, you know, he's creating opportunities not only for himself, but also for the students that are now in the club that he was previously from, you know. Um, it's a great thing, it, especially in high school esports. You know, we, I know we're going to talk about collegiate in a bit as well. I'm sure Mike has something lined up for that. Um, but, it, you know, again, I think, I think what you, you guys are doing is just an incredible thing. Um, and it really supports the educator in me because then it makes their jobs easier, our jobs easier, to you know, help these students in any way that we can. Because in reality, that's what we're trying to do. I just want to jump in here for a second. You know, we're, we're hearing a lot of things, right? Uh, we're hearing teamwork. We're hearing experience, you know, practical job experience. We're hearing social skills. There's a lot of learning that, that, that is going on for a, a potential child, um, either in their youth to teen years, um, which the stigma says against esports that none of this is occurring. It, it is not practical. Uh, they are not social. Uh, they are not learning things that will be beneficial in the long run. Uh, but in terms of this conversation, Chris and Shay have outlined, no, sorry, highlighted um, many practical skills uh, that have pushed not only their individual children's envelopes, uh, but have had the opportunity to meet other children that have pushed theirs. Um, and that kind of just brings me into the other thing that both of your children have kind of been up to. Chris, I, I know uh, your, your son is one of the founders of this NFT universe uh, with the Beanverse. Um, and, and Shay, I, I know your son is a manager for Optimal Ambition. Um, so really, I want to hear a little bit more. Uh, we'll start with Chris, and then we'll go into Shay. You know about your 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 children's adventures into this, and did that come from esports, or or do you think that just kind of came from um, you know their early on creative minds of always wanting to build things? And it, it, it has so is either is it something that's connected to it, or is it something that isn't? Do you think they would be at where they're at today and doing this if it wasn't for esports? Um, I, I certainly don't think 
skeptic would be where he is uh, now if it wasn't for esports. Um, and I think it's just his passion to always try and push himself to do new things and and find new things to get into. He went from uh, from gaming and esports into uh, fashion and music, and now he's uh, with the with the guidance of, of Shay and the mentoring of Shay into the uh, investing in crypto and NFT scene. Um, so yeah, he's he's always evolving, always looking for something new to jump into, and it's definitely um, it's all correlated, it's all tied in together. Um, esports ties in with so many so many things, not just in pop culture, but with all the new things coming up and uh, coming out now with NFTs. Um, and no, and it's great to hear and kind of just to jump in with with the NFTs. Do you feel as though the industry of esports is propped your son up to be successful into venturing in? to this NFT world? Because I've heard that having a good social following, understanding this uh, sort of social industry, which is esports, it's online, you have to have social media is beneficial in that aspect. Do you, would you say that's true? That if he wasn't a part of that, went to just college, you told him, no, I don't want you doing esports. I don't want you doing content creation. I know you just said yes to this, but like where, where do you think that bridge connected? Where do you think that all kind of came together from the esports to the NFT? Where did you see that you're like, hey, my child can do this. Hey, this makes a lot of sense. He's going to go into sort of being a founder, a business manager. Um, like I said, it all goes back to listening to your kid. Yeah, uh, he. This was him. He he led his way into all of this. Um, skeptic did. And you know, I'll jump in here. I think that's what's amazing about these generations coming up. Um, you know, our kids are a part of Generation Z. They're both 17 years old now. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see, you know, Generation Alpha come up after them. There is an incredible entrepreneurial spirit in these kids. They've grown up, this is the first generation that's grown up always having a phone in their hand, always being connected to their world. And we worry about that. You know, parents are constantly being told they have short attention spans. They can only, you know, watch a TikTok for a few seconds. I, I turn it around. I think that it's actually just made them incredibly more discerning. They they get, you know, so much information thrown at them every day. And so I think they just have a different way of viewing the world. And I, you know, even education, you know, both of our sons have taken different paths of education. The traditional route is not right for everybody. They've done different things for high school. Um, mine probably will go to a four-year college, but you know that may not be right away. You know they both wanted to work at a very young age, and that's what's really cool about these spaces is for those kids who do want to start businesses, it gives them an opportunity to do that. And it's not just the skeptics of the world who have made it huge. You've also got the artists and the designers who are getting into the NFT space and they're becoming the artists. And some of these were, you know, 14, 15 year old kids that were virtually unknown a few months ago. So there's just a lot of cool opportunity here for kids to be highlighted and to step out and do something different. Yeah, I'm glad Shay jumped in there um, because when it came down to when Griffin was moving, not moving on, but branching out into investing um and the otc market and crypto Th that was an area i knew nothing about so you want to talk about um fear of the unknown <laughs> i was very skeptical about having him jump into that space but shay was like this is what he wants you know sit back and just kind of follow his lead this is where he wants to go um just be there to support him um which i'm glad she was there to help with and mentor with mentor him as well because again she knew more about that that space than I did. And I'm still learning. I'm, I'm very, I'm more involved with it than I was a year ago, but uh, I still have a lot to learn. He's definitely learned a lot more uh, than I have. And yeah, uh, credit Shay for that, for kind of reminding me to sit back and listen to him I, and I, kind of let him lead the way. I like what, what you both said. Uh, Shay, in terms of saying, you know, the entrepreneur spirit and, and Chris saying, you know, there's a lot to learn. And I agree. Um, you know, being, uh, well, an ex, uh, esports director at a, at a university, um, you know, going through college myself, sometimes you don't have to go through a traditional aspect just because it's there. Does not mean you need to, and your kids along with other children are displaying now in this technological boom that there were other ways to be successful. And Shay, you know, you mentioned, you've got to go back to listening to your child and really understanding 
you know, what they're looking to do and ha helping them, you know, to outline what that goal is. And I agree. Um, I think to really be successful, regardless of how old you are, um, sometimes it's you need to be heard, but you also need to be realistic in how you're going to outline or map out what you could do, because there's always going to be a fear of the unknown. But we're the creators of our own maps. And so to be successful, we need to draft that out. And we're going to come across pitfalls and footholds uh, that'll either hurt us or help us. Uh, but that's life. And I think with COPE and what you guys have set out to do, it's, it's a learning environment. It's cultivating to make sure that both the child and the parent themselves can create that map together to begin that journey. Uh, but as all children do, um, sometimes they are going to spread their wings and fly. And the parent's roadmap that they built with their child will eventually come to an end. But the thing for all parents is to make sure that their child has the best map to go forward. And I wanted to kind of use this as a way to transition into your uh, your new hire, which is your chief learning officer. Um, and I want to know a little bit more about Obi-Wan Nick Obi, uh, better known as Nick. And I apologize, Nick, if you're listening in. Uh, I'm bad with last names. Shiner, I hope I said that right. Uh, please feel free to send Andy a, a strongly worded email if I said it wrong. Well, um, look, he, look, he look, handles look. that. I, clearly, I'm <laughs> terrible at last names as well, right? If you listen to any <laughs> any of these podcasts, I'm just terrible. But I, I would I would like to hear a little bit more uh, uh, about Nick coming on as the chief learning officer uh, from from you two. What what you guys are, are looking to kind of achieve here to and, and what his role is going to be and what you guys kind of see for 2022 into 2023 uh, with with his addition. So I'll start off with there. We feel incredibly lucky to have Nick on the team. You know, when we started this a year ago, it, it's a it's an almost all volunteer organization still at mm -hmm. this point. We are a 501c3. We're still in the process of raising money. So everybody is doing this because they love it. They love the kids and they care about the space. When mm -hmm. Chris and I first started, we didn't we were afraid to ask people for help. We were trying to do everything ourselves because we didn't have the funding. And it was amazing to us that so many amazing people in the community stepped up and said, how can we help? How can we jump in? And it just it was one of the things I loved about this space. Everybody was so supportive. But yeah. Nick was one of those leaders in the learning space that we continued to rely on. We continued to look for you know, his input on things and his guidance. And also he was just one of those that was always supportive. I love the way he's active. You know, we are very active on Twitter with the gaming community and so was he, but he was also very active on the education side. And of course, you know, Chris and I are more down with the gamers. So it was a great bridge to us, to somebody that really understood the education space, you know, all the way through from, you know, younger kids on up. And that was another thing that was important to us. Chris and I are parents of teenagers and so are all the other parents that are on our board. We needed to bring on parents who had younger kids because they're facing different things now with those kids coming up. So all of the people that we've just brought onto the team have kids who are in elementary school or younger. Chris, you wanna jump in? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been, uh, we're very fortunate <clears throat> um, that we've had Nick to rely on and lean on um, since we've met him last year. And we've been very, uh, very fortunate that he's been, you know, all in um, helping us out and he's uh, helping us put together events. He's he very well versed in the education space. And like Shay said, it, it was very important to us to not only have people who believed in the mission mm -hmm. and believe in our values, share our values, um, but who also had had kids as well. And the younger kids are like Shay said, that's what we're missing. We're, we're all parents mm -hmm. of, of teenagers here. Um, so having, um, bringing on Nick and Ayan and Melanie, having this whole team come together, even with Duster, who is our uh, new community director running Twitch streams and um, Black Lion Cameron, um, th they have great insight. So having kids who are part of the community helping us out as well, has it, it, it kind of keeps us in check. So um, whenever we have something that's very, uh, boomerish that we run by them they'll be they'll be the first ones to call us and be like no you, you can't you can't tweet that you can't do that so we've really uh we've, we've had a great team form um with us and we're very fortunate to have that 
No, that, that's good to hear. A- Andy here is my litmus test in terms of the, the, the boomerisms. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I'm running social media, he'll, he'll, he'll send me a message. You're like, don't do it. He's like, I, I, I don't do it. He's like, it's terrible. He's like, that's not, that's no, I, I got it. I, I don't know what uh, it is with Mike, but just like having Twitter in his hands makes him like 40 years older. And I just don't know how, I don't know how that works. I'm only, I'm only 22. Okay. So I know that my parents would love to join cope. Okay. Cause I, I, I just know that this would be something that they would benefit from, but yeah, I am kind of your litmus test. You're right, Mike. <laughs> I just want to kind of circle back. You know, we mentioned education uh, a little bit. Is Cope looking to sort of create um, so, uh, parent 101 seminars or some sort of uh, brochures or documents in which they can kind of uh, download or subscribe to? Is that really um, in, in Nick's wheelhouse in, in terms of that, that learning officer role? Or am I reaching a little bit too far or am I peeking, you know, too, too much behind that curtain uh, that you guys are unable to share with us today? Oh, we can share it. Yeah, that's something. So we kind of look at having two customers. The gamers are our customer because really everything we're doing as far as getting parents on board is really for the benefit of the gamers. So a lot of the education we provide is stuff that they're interested in. Like the last event we had last Wednesday was an education session on how to make YouTube shorts to grow your socials. And all of our sessions that are for gamers always include some pro or influencer or somebody they'd really like to meet. So it's a great opportunity to meet one of your heroes. But for parents, we're also focused on education. And this is, we have somebody on the team now, Igon, who is going to be leading this. We do a lot of this now, but we're really going to get focused on doing sessions for parents that educate them, that they understand. Um, Also doing some stuff with GG Leagues and others. So we can really get to the parents and educate them on how to do stuff, how to find, you know, support. Um, And then our website is a great resource. It is, that's what we want to be. COPE is not really trying to create all this stuff. We're just trying to inform parents and kids about what's out there because there's so many great stuff, but it's just not, it's not well known right now. And so we've just got to get that out there. Yeah. And it's also a lot of, tapping into um, different high school uh, districts, leagues that are put together. We, we've, uh, Nick has touched base and met with um, Colleyville over in Texas and next weekend or this coming weekend, we have an event with Garden State Esports at Rutgers. Um, so we've, Nick took the lead on uh, helping us curate and put together um, a whole uh, Coke Corner, Coke Cabana, where we have educational booths where, where parents and kids can come learn about the different careers that are in indie sports. Uh, we're going to have the gamers there. Um, Coke is going to be there. We're going to interview parents and kids on what got them into gaming, how their parents feel about it, how they how parents feel about their kids in it, and just kind of get a feel, get a baseline for for what's going on at the events. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a lot of touching on and, and branching out into different high school. Um, areas esports yeah and one of the things that we have learned this year um, and where nick is really going to be a great help is we need to expand what we're doing we're a worldwide organization of very few people and so we can't get to many face-to-face events so what we're planning to do is creating cope chapters which are basically like esports parent booster clubs um, a cope chapter in a box so that any parent or educator or community leader can create their own chapter of COPE using our materials and fundraise for their own local teams. So that's gonna be a big focus for next next year is is really empowering parents to do this for themselves. That is super neat, by the way. That that is an excellent idea. I know of so many school districts just in Illinois alone, uh, out by me that would love to take advantage of that. I think that's amazing. I was I was about to say, uh, Andy. Uh, it looks like you know Cope is going to be at the IHSCA soon. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to turn the interview over to you and and be like, so when 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 do I see IHSCA and Cope getting uh, getting together? I I mean I it seems like a natural fit. Of course, like you know we'd have to sit down and chat, and uh, I don't think I don't think there would be too much to chat about to be honest. But I think I think you know as as the Illinois High School Esports Association grows, um, there's definitely a, a lot more. Uh, educators involved, but also, of course, with that, more schools involved, and then more parents, obviously more students, more parents involved. It all kind of branches out that way. 
Um, and so, you know, at, at, of course, at LAN events, I think it's important to have some sort of representation there physically, but um, just in general, having a presence on the, on the Discord server to, you know, give information, hel helpful information to educators that they can pass on to their parents is just an incredible resource. Um, so I think it makes sense to me, but obviously <laughs> that'll have to be a different conversation. But uh, yeah, absolutely. To jump in and tell you all about one other really cool thing we're doing. So I know all of us have been to face-to-face -face events. We've been to big LAN events. We've been to PACs and we've been to, you know, dream hacks. Where are the parents when you're at these events? A good question. Yeah, I was about they're, to say that is a great question. <laughs> they're wandering around bored because they don't feel welcome. Nothing is there for them. They're probably on their phone in a corner texting their kid going, are you ready to go yet? Um, and if their kid is competing, there really is no place for them. So they're hovering around their child who probably doesn't want them standing right behind their computer while they're playing a really intense game. Um, and so that's been something that we observed as we were going to events over the last year is that parents didn't really feel welcome at these events. There wasn't a lot to tell them how to spectate, where to sit, what to do. And so we've created the Coke Cabana. Um, Chris tested it out at PAX West this year, and we had hoped to have it at DreamHack Anaheim, but we have just found out that that has been, yep. we're not doing that one, but we will be at DreamHack in Dallas. Um, we will be at Twitch events and we will be um, at PAX events next year. And th it's, the idea is to give parents and their gamers a place to hang out on the floor um, where parents can go and still be a part of it, but can also meet other parents and community. Um, we will have interactive machines there so that they can kind of see, you know, touch and feel some of the games their kids are playing. And we'll also have revolving speakers coming in talking about health and wellness and education and all the subjects they might care about. That might also be a good place to have, because um, we're right next to the, uh, in, in PACS and in DreamPack, we're right next to the tournament area. And there's also a free play area where people can go and set up their own tournaments. That might actually be a good place to have a, a GG League's parent-child tournament um, at an IRL event. That might be fascinating I, I, to look into. I, yeah, you know what? I, I definitely like the, the, the heavy wink uh, along with the heavy nudge nudge. I'm, we're gonna have to we're gonna definitely have to look into that uh, to really help parents and children themselves kind of come together. And there's a lot of things that I just heard from both of you within the, like the last few minutes. Um, in terms of building chapters and actually asking Andy and I the question, you know, where are the parents at? I always assumed that the parents just, you know, went home. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I didn't even sit there and think that that's, you know, not the case, uh, especially for some, for some kids, you know, they, they need, they still require that guardian. It is uh, an all day event or attempting to be an all day event, depending on, you know, what your child uh, is going to be doing. And then that's something too uh, to kind of look into. And for the listeners at home to think about a little bit, take all of the events that you've ever attended and put yourself in the shoes um, as, as a parent. You know, you're driving your child or your future child to an event. You know, are you really going to drop them off depending on their age? Did your parents really just leave you? And, uh, you know, for the entire time, or were they really strict with the time frame that you had? How often did they text you? How often were they in contact? Um, you know, for, for me, I had to go back a while. I'm not going to say how long. I had to go back a while to, like, put myself back into those shoes uh, on my parents kind of messaging me, knowing where I'm at. Also, at the same time, um, you know, when my I was over time and my mom being a little bit, uh, uh, let's just say, not happy uh, with the fact that I was uh, four or five hours uh, late uh, after attending an event. But I, I think that's a good way, too, to kind of go and break off into Andy. Andy, we're kind of coming up at the end of the hour here today, um, and I know you wanted to do a little something different in terms uh, of our segment, so I'm just going to give you the ball to lead it. I don't know where you're digging in on them this time. I'm, I'm kind of, oh, I'm kind no. of lost. I'm, I'm, in the, we I'm in the weeds here. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I thought it might be fun to look at, um, you know, maybe some Twitter, uh, some Twitter banter. Uh, because I know that Shay had mentioned that, you know, uh, not not only just Cope, but everyone involved in Cope likes to stay uh, active on Twitter, right? Um, and then usually, as as podcast listeners may know, we usually dig into our, our guests' uh, Twitter accounts and find things that are 
interesting or maybe you know want to want to learn a little bit more about or have some context with um but what i wanted to mention was just in general i've i think shay i think i've been following you on twitter for a couple of months now um after i i believe we had some interaction that i found your account followed on twitter i just love the like public banter between you and your son i think it is the most amazing and healthy thing for the industry because like it, it, like the the one thing I actually want to bring up is when I think there was this big event with Fortnite. Fortnite had just updated. There was this server issue, and your your son I believe was waiting to get on Fortnite, and he walked into your gaming area and you were already on with the servers. And so his question was, do parents have server priority? Like what is going on here? And I thought that that was I I really did enjoy that tweet. I thought that was really interesting. Could you tell me a little bit more about that dynamic that you guys have, not just outside of cope or you know inside of cope, but also outside, like the public dynamic that you two have. We've always, uh, we have a very close relationship, obviously. But when I jumped in to help him, I didn't really plan to be public here. I was, you know, just hiding in the background and helping him. But it, you know, I don't even know how it started, really. I think it started with me modding his Twitch chat. Actually, I don't really mod. He says I'm no good at it. I just come and hang out. Um, but it started there, and I think he soon realized that you know his his fan base loved having me around. It was it was funny and it was entertaining, and that's one of the things that I think parents don't realize is we were very concerned that the community, especially the Fortnite community, would see Cope as a nanny organization and would be worried about what we were coming in to do. And so we really spent a lot of time building respect with them and understanding what their needs were and what they wanted from us. But we also realized that they did want us here. I think a lot of kids really do want their parents involved. And so it became fun for me to interact with his friends. And of course, that moved to Twitter. And, you know, now there's a whole history of it. Absolutely. Ratioing yeah. your teenage son on Twitter is the most <laughs> fun thing. I was going to say, not only does Duster's community look forward to that, but the Coke community, they really look forward to whatever Dust, Duster tweets. Is Shame not going to come and ratio him? They, so I think, they, they wait on it. I think that is amazing. And I, honestly, it's, it's something I have learned to look forward to as well. Um, I, honestly, absolutely amazing. Um, and, and Chris, you know, I, I wanted to catch you completely off guard and to get uh, a, a tweet, out-of-pocket tweet from your, uh, your son, actually, his account, but I couldn't find anything that was too crazy, unfortunately. He seems to have, have it pretty good on the wraps. I do see he's working on a lot of great projects, though, and I think that's amazing. Um, you know what? Here's what I'll hit you with. I know that you're so proud of your son, Chris, but what is the number one thing that stands out to you in your mind that you're like, wow, I'm so proud of you? Like just this is like a, a a defining moment in his career, at least so far, that you're you're just blown away that you know that your son has achieved. It's got to be um, <clears throat> his inclusiveness. Growing up um, when he was younger, I mean, up until about a year ago, um, I was I was a director for Developmental Disabilities Institute. I worked with um, anywhere between eight to twelve group homes with adults with autism. And he always came to work with me when he was, when he was younger, when he was a toddler. So he grew up in the population. Um, he grew up um, not really thinking that somebody with a disability or somebody with Down syndrome or somebody with autism is different than him. He accepted them for who they were. Um, if you were a cool person to hang out with, he embraced it and he ran with it. So over the years when he started streaming, I noticed that a lot of kids um, like on the spectrum would be joining his community and talking to him in chat, and he would go out of his way to play with them and get them involved with his community to the point where he would even play with them off, off stream. And his, his community would see him kind of throwing it to let, let them win if they were, you know, playing, uh, you know, one on 1v1s or, or whatever it was. But um, yeah, just seeing that inclusiveness, seeing how he embraced um, people on the on the spectrum or somebody with a disability into his community, and how he really just kind of treated them like I would have treated them. So that's something that that I really uh, respect. That means a lot to me um, because I was so heavily invested in the community. That is that is amazing. That is simply amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Truly.
Um, and, and, and as we end the podcast here, obviously, Mike, I'm going to let you get in a few last words. But we do this other small little segment towards the end of our, our podcast where we usually give our guest 60 seconds to stand on a soapbox and just either pitch something or say something to the skies for everyone to hear or just, you know, give some great advice for our listeners. And so actually, I want to give you both a minute each to say something that you just want the public to know. It could be anything, absolutely anything. Uh, we're going to start with Chris, since you were just talking. I want your time starts now. Say anything that you would like and just just to give the people some information or some good advice or anything. Go ahead. Go. This is where I usually set up the soapbox for Shay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, parents, just talk to your kids, listen to your kids, get involved with them. Um, don't force your own um, goals and dreams onto them. Let them figure out what it is that they want to do with their lives. Um, and let them let them lead the way. So just kind of sit back and get involved with them, learn from them, talk to them, open those lines of communication. Um, everybody will be much better off for it in the long run. Awesome. Shay, your time starts now. Okay, well, I'm actually not going to address the parents or the younger gamers. I'm going to address all those gamers out there who are your age. We are a nonprofit. Um, we are here to support that next generation of kids by getting those boomer parents all involved. You guys remember what it was like and how awesome it would be to have your parents supporting you. I say reach out to us. Help us. There's so many things we need help with in connecting to communities. Um, we have volunteer opportunities, so get involved. We are a nonprofit that is supporting our gaming community with the Cope Community Fund and also creating great programming for parents and gamers. Get your stream drives going. Let's get the community involved. I, I may just have to join up. I might have to check out what you need help with. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I truly, that, I really, I, I, I believe in the cause, and I, and I think that uh, you guys are two incredible people. Everybody that I've met at Cope so far are just incredible. Uh, Mike, any final last words for this podcast? I just want to say, wow, what a crazy year. You know, it, it's really been. And I appreciate the last two guests, Chris and Shay, uh, being here uh, today on the pod. You know, if we take a moment and think back, we had a very exciting year filled with information from every topic that you could possibly manage, uh, I'm, or sorry, imagine here on the blueprint. You know, Andy and I set out on a mission to open the minds of our listeners uh, at home to understand what esports is and the benefits of the industry. Our coverage is just a way to come in, sit down, have your coffee, or during your commute uh, to join us in these conversational topics. Either be harsh with us and let us know your thoughts, or you know, provide us some tidbits of information you would like us to explore. We might be closing the door on 2021, but we're going to have an exciting 2022 with some new additions that I'm unable to mention right now because Andy's looking at me angrily uh, currently, so I, I just can't say it. Uh, so I'm going to leave it at that. And Andy, screen. you know, send them off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Andy, you know, send, send it off, Andy. Through the screen. I think that was a great way to end it. So thank you so much again, Chris and Shay, for being on the podcast tonight. Uh, Mike, again, thank you for an awesome one. Uh, thank you so much for listening for 2021. And here comes 2022. Thank you and goodbye.